Hello, football fans. Welcome to That Football Show. All right. A lot of excitement is happening. It is April 1st. I'm, I'm recording this on April 1st. Coming up in just a couple of weeks will be the kickoff of the USFL season. They're going to kick off just before Easter on Saturday night, the 17th. Uh, the 16th, and then they'll have a lot of games on Sunday the 17th as well. A lot of interesting uh, things happening in the USFL. So first, I want to make sure that you're all aware of a few interesting rules in the USFL, United States Football League. First, after a touchdown, they'll they'll do the traditional point after touchdown uh, in, in the NFL. You can place the ball at the 15-yard line and kick an extra point, which is worth one point. Or from the two-yard line, you can line up and run an offensive play. And if you get into the end zone on that one play, you get two points. USFL is is taking those same two rules. A a field goal with the line of scrimmage at the 15-yard line is worth one. Or a play from the two-yard line is worth two. They're also giving an option to run one offensive play from the 10-yard line, and you could get three points. So it is possible that touchdowns are worth nine points now. So if you think of traditional scoring in the NFL, touchdown, extra point, touchdown, extra point, you've got 14 points. Let's say you get another one, you have 21 points. Typically, we would say that you're down by three possessions. Now, let's say you kick a field goal. That team's up 24 to zero. All right, they've they've got three touchdowns, three extra points, and one three-point field goal. So it's twenty-four to zero. What it, what would re- be required in the NFL to tie it in three possessions is three touchdowns and three two-point conversions. Right, you would get twenty-four points with that. In the XFL or the USFL, you could get two touchdowns and two three-point conversions and be down eighteen to twenty-four. Then you just need a touchdown. And you, you could tie it up with no extra point. You could tie it at 24. So a lot of interesting uh, finagling will happen by the coaches in the USFL using that three-point option. I could also see, you know, you get your, your within two. Uh, let's say it's uh, 18 to 20 with a, a minute left in the fourth quarter. Do you go for two or do you go for three? Do you go for the tie or go for the win? A lot of times this will happen in the NFL or even in college when, you know, it's 21 to 20 and the the team's deciding, should we kick the extra point and go for the tie or should we go for two and get the win? You're going to have that option with another point system uh, in the USFL. So instead of it being a one point game where you're deciding, should I go for the win or go for the tie? It could be a two point game and you could go for the win or go for the tie. So should be interesting. Uh, not a lot of NFL teams go for two regularly. I, I think that the three-point play will be used sporadically by some of the more veteran coaches, the Jeff Fishers, the Skip Holtz types. Um, but you could see some guys that are saying, hey, if I get nine points every time down the field, why wouldn't I? Uh, so some that's an interesting concept. Another interesting rule in the USFL is that you are allowed two forward passes behind the line of scrimmage. So what that means is 
today, if you think of a double pass, so let's say the quarterback's lined up and he's got a receiver out to the side that's maybe five yards off the line of scrimmage. The quarterback can get the snap turn and throw it laterally and backwards slightly to that receiver. And that receiver can then throw a pass. In the USFL, that receiver doesn't need to be behind the quarterback. So I'm imagining, uh, you know, the, the shovel pass that has been popularized where a receiver will come in motion in front of the quarterback that's in a shotgun. The quarterback will get the snap and basically just use two hands and almost do a chest pass, like a basketball chest pass, throw it forward to the, the reversing receiver who could get that, get that, catch that uh, pitch. That receiver could then throw the ball. So today, that once you throw it forward in college football or in the NFL, once you throw it forward one time, no one else on the field is allowed to throw the ball forward. In the USFL, you're allowed one more forward pass as long as that receiver doesn't cross the line of scrimmage. So I think that that uh, shovel double pass would be a pretty fun uh, twist, and I think that that's probably where it will be used most frequently. Uh, you could also see um, today they use a flea flicker where the quarterback will get the snap, hand it to a running back. Running back runs forward and pitches it back to the quarterback, and the quarterback can throw it. Uh, you could see flea flickers in the reverse where it's it's snapped to a running back and maybe he throws it to a quarterback and a quarterback throws it throws it downfield. So a lot of options, a lot of interesting things for the offense on those two regards, the three-point play option and then the two-forward pass option. Another exciting piece of the puzzle, and this is something that uh, we've heard talked about, and I believe the XFL tried something like this, and that is you have an option at uh, the onside kick. So today in the NFL and in college football, if you score and you're still losing, you can you still have to kick off, but you can do an onside kick, which means the ball still has to go 10 yards downfield, but you could kick it in a way that maybe makes it difficult for the receiving team to, to get the ball and creates a fumble or a, or or, um, you know, even an untouched ball and the kicking team would recover that onside kick. In the USFL, you have that option. You can still do an onside kick or you can take the ball at your own 33 yard line for fourth and 12. So if you can, if you're at the 33 yard line and you can get to the 45 yard line on your own side, you get to maintain possession and run it as if it's a drive continuing. The risk is if you if you fail to convert that fourth and twelve, the defense, the other team, gets the ball right there. So let's say fourth and twelve from your own thirty-three, you're going for it or going for an, an onside kick, and you throw an incomplete pass. The defense gets the ball at your thirty-three yard line, which is well within field goal range for many kickers. Here's another twist: if you get sacked the opposing team gets the ball on your 10-yard line. So um, that's a painful twist, in my opinion, that you know, you're, you're trying to get your wide receivers at least 12 yards downfield so you can throw a pass and gain, gain the, the yards needed to get the first down. And if you get sacked while you're waiting for your receivers to get open, the other team doesn't get the ball where you were sacked. They move forward 23 yards from the line of scrimmage and they get the ball on your 10-yard line. 
which is you know a very a very tough spot especially if you're down by a single possession you're immediately going to be down by probably three more points if not uh, six or even nine more points than what you were before you tried the fourth and 12. So it almost seems like maybe a little bit of a discourage to use that strategy and go back to the traditional onside kick. Uh, unless you have a really good offensive line, then then you might push forward in that. Uh, so in terms of the teams of the USFL, there are two divisions. The North division is the Michigan Panthers, the New Jersey Generals, the Philadelphia Stars, and the Pittsburgh Maulers. Those are the Northern Division teams. The Southern Division is the Birmingham Stallions, the Houston Gamblers, the New Orleans Breakers, and the Tampa Bay Bandits. So those are the eight teams of the USFL. As I've said a few weeks ago, all of the games will be played in the Birmingham, Alabama area, most of them at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, UAB. Most of the games will be played there. There's another site in the general area where some games will be played based on some scheduling conflicts. Until the playoffs, the top two teams from each division will be playing in Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame Stadium, which is where the opening preseason NFL game is played, uh, the Hall of Fame Stadium. The top two teams from each division will play in a semifinal game which is the the first round of the playoffs, the winners of those two games will advance to the USFL championship game. Uh, So some interesting players that will be playing in the NFL. If you watched any of the US uh, of the XFL, if you watched any of the XFL in 2019, you'll probably remember a guy named Jordan Tayamu, T-A apostrophe A-M-U. He played at Ole Miss, in college, but he was probably, besides P.J. Walker, the the best quarterback in the XFL. He was a big name. He played for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, can throw the ball well. Is pretty mobile. He is going to be playing for the Tampa Bay Bandits. Um, another name that you may know is Isaiah Battle. He is an offensive tackle. He played at Clemson. Um, He's playing for the Pittsburgh Maulers. He was actually drafted by the St. Louis Rams um, in 2016. He also played for Kansas City, played for Seattle. He played for Carolina. Uh, He was a first-round draft pick in the XFL uh, and and played it there in 2019. Isaiah Battle, He's he's a big guy. He's been playing professional football for a while, probably somebody to keep an eye on. Another guy is Howard Wilson. Howard Wilson played corner at the University of Houston, and he is now playing corner for the Houston Gamblers. He was the 2017 fourth-round draft pick by the Cleveland Browns. So he had a pretty good college career, uh, was was bounced around a little bit in the NFL, but is now playing for the Houston Gamblers. Another name that you may recognize is Freedom uh, Akinmoladen. Akin Mulladen. Uh, he is played defensive end at Nebraska, University of Nebraska. Um, he is playing for the Philadelphia Stars. Now, he was an unsigned free agent. He was on the Cincinnati Bengals uh, team off and on for 2019 and 2020. And then he went on and, and played on the practice squad. And he played in some NFL games. 
Then he moved over to uh, the New York Jets, where he actually started in one game in 2021. So this past NFL season, he played and started for the New York Jets in one one NFL game. Um, he's probably going to be one of the better defensive linemen that we'll see in this league playing for the Philadelphia Stars. Uh, he is a big body, and he has a lot of professional experience, including at the highest level in the NFL. Um, so those are some of the names to that you'll recognize, but probably the most recognizable name is Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch, he played uh, quarterback for Memphis, for the Memphis Tigers. He also started NFL games for the Denver Broncos. So he is... Uh, he probably has the most NFL experience amongst all of the quarterbacks in terms of game time, game play, regular season snaps. Uh, he is not a not a monster, not a huge guy. He is got a pretty good release. He was an NFL draft pick. He was an NFL starting quarterback. He is playing for the Michigan Panthers. Michigan also drafted with their first pick. Uh, Shea Patterson, who was from, played at the University of Michigan. So it'll be interesting to me to see which of those guys ends up as the starter. Shea Patterson, who's been playing in Canada after playing for the University of Michigan, or Paxton Lynch, who has significant NFL game experience. Um, you know, not, not seeing practices or anything, I would assume Paxton Lynch is probably a better quarterback, but Shea Patterson is pretty athletic and could be a guy that sneaks in and maybe they run a little bit of the double pass. Maybe, maybe they're doing some, some goofy things between those two guys, but the Michigan probably has two of the better quarterbacks uh, in terms of if you, if you look at both of the quarterbacks, um, but there are a lot of good quarterbacks in this league on my next episode, which will be early next week. I am going to give you my USFL power rankings power rankings will be based on quite a few criteria. Obviously practices are closed. We're not seeing a lot of film from practices. They are making some roster moves. We saw some guys uh, cut. We saw some new signings this week, but as the rosters are finalizing and we're headed into uh, game week, which will not be next week, but the week after, it will be a good time to put out uh, my shot in the dark at the USFL power rankings. We'll also get back to the NFL mock drafts. I'll post a full mock draft on my uh, blog. That is thatfootballshow.weebly.com. Of course, you can uh, always find us right here and we're on Twitter. I look forward to this kickoff of the USFL. And that is it for today's show, folks. Check us out on Twitter at TFB Show. That's that football show, TFB Show. Uh, you can hit up our blog, thatfootballshow.weebly.com. And as always, you can shoot me an email directly and I will reply to you. It's thatfootballshow at aol.com. That football show at AOL.com. Thanks for listening.